Welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We believe that God is awakening a generation to revival, and we hope that this podcast encourages you to know that you are loved and that God wants to do extraordinary things for and through you. Welcome to the family. If you're excited to be at Haven tonight, can you say amen? Amen. We're so excited that you're here, that you decided to come and experience Jesus with us tonight. Can we give our visitors a round of applause? Oh, I'm excited. I hope you're as excited as I am. Um, And so listen, look, I don't know how you come into services like that. What is that? Let's get it out of the way, all right? Let's go ahead and just observe and let's, okay, so take it in. (sighs) Yeah, all right, so feel the power. Be inspired tonight by the mustache. And so uh, don't be offended. Understand Jesus had a mustache Amen. They ripped his beard from his face and left him with the mustache. And so, uh, so just watch yourself. I know you didn't, you didn't know. And so we're excited that you're here tonight to experience it. Look, here's how I come to service. All right. I come to service with an anticipation that we're going to have an Acts chapter 2 experience. And I come with an anticipation and a worship attitude like this has to be a magnanimous move of God we may not have tomorrow. And you all can say amen, but you didn't worship like that's your attitude, right? right? right. And so you didn't worship. Like, I, want, I want to encourage you, when you, anytime you enter into a corporate place of worship, right? Break out of, of the, the, the slumber. Like we're here to celebrate the goodness of God, right? We're here to bless his holy name. And don't look now, but there are people that have come in this room that are desperate for freedom, for deliverance, for hope, for love, for joy, for peace, for the person of freedom. And that is Jesus. And you are a key. You are a key. You are the vehicle, the vessel through which the Lord Jesus begins to show up. And so don't take moments of worship for granted, particularly when, now, now, obviously you should worship irregardless of the music, but man, if you can't worship to this, oh, I know some of y'all, this isn't your flavor, right? But, but, but a lot of y'all it is, and you're still with your hands in your pockets, like literally in your pockets. Now I'm not walking around judging people or anything like that. I just notice things, right? I just happen to notice things and and so we just, I'm just not an emotional person. I just, you know, I, just, I really, I just, I just like to, I like to just take it all in. I just like to do. I'm glad that the God we serve uh, didn't have that attitude when it came to rescuing you out of your pit. Okay, I'm glad that His hands were out of His pockets. That He come tearing down every wall, right, breaking through the wall of partition tearing the veil, reaching into the pit, into the mud, into the mire, and lifting you up out of that mess, right? And so the God that we serve is an emotional God, and, um, and so I just believe that we should, we should you know, express a little. All right, okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bibles tonight? If you brought your Bible, say amen. amen. I really want to challenge you. I'm just, I'm going, I'm just, you know, I'm just over the whole Bible fit, the whole Bible on your phone thing. I really want to challenge you to get a book, get an actual book, okay? And so this is a challenge coming from your pastor. Get a book and write in it. Get an actual Bible with pages and write in it, okay? And so um, I understand that the app is convenient, right? And some of y'all like, but I would challenge you, get a Bible, Write in it and highlight in it 
Okay. Now, maybe you're so, so like into the app that you use uh, that you've got really beautiful notes and highlights. And does anybody like that? Has anybody got like beautiful notes and highlights in their app Bible? Okay. Like two of you do. All right. That means the rest of us need to get a book. Okay. You need to get a book. You need to get a Bible, like a physical Bible. And uh, this should be a goal of yours by next week. Okay. There's probably 32 of them in your house. All right. Grab a Bible. All right. And open it up. Grab a Bible and open it up. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay? So, um, you know, if you have to turn it on, turn it on. But, but we need to learn to open this book. And if we don't, we'll never, we'll never know true discipleship. We'll never know true freedom. I'm telling you, it's impossible. It's impossible without this right here. It's impossible to walk in the fullness of God, basing your spiritual life off of Hillsong and Elevation. Worship is good, but it's not the word. Right. Do you hear me? Right. Right. Prayer is good, but prayer is not the word. Yeah. Right. Come on. Community is great, but it's not the word. Right. We've been saying this, and I'll continue to say this. We need a divine interruption of our priorities, and we need to fall in love again with his word with his word. Holy Spirit, do it. God, put a hunger. Put a hunger, Lord Jesus. Change our desires, Father. Give us an appetite, Lord, for the word, Lord, for the milk of your word. And Lord, may we grow to maturity and desire the meat, Father. God, mature us in this place. Hallelujah. Well, that wasn't, okay. Did you find it? Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, then we're going to go, we're going to read 26 through 29, and we're going to read John 8. John 8, Mark 4, and John 8, 8, 31 and 32. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I'm excited for the word. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Don't tune out. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Are you ready? I feel like we need a countdown for the word, you know? Like, and introducing in the red corner. I don't know. I'm sorry. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. The Bible says, and he said, who's he? In this case, it's Jesus. It's probably red letters. I know some of y'all are freaked out. Like, who's this guy? What is he talking about? The word like that? You understand in a moment. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Somebody say seed. and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. In verse 28, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, and then the ear, and after that, the full corn in the ear. And verse 29 says, but when the fruit is Brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Jesus speaking on the heels of a dozen plus parables concerning the seed and the soil. Go to John chapter 8, 31 and 32. The Bible says, and Jesus said, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to preach to us on this thought tonight, how to be free. Write that down. How to be free, Brother Austin. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being so real in this place. We welcome you now to illuminate your word, bring revelation to hearts, Lord. Lord, move us, Lord, to live in the place of freedom. Show us in your word, Lord, how to how to walk in freedom, Father. Show us how to become disciples, Lord, and not mere converts. Do a work in our hearts, Father, in this room. We love you and we celebrate you. Amen. How to be free. Um, how many of y'all, how many of y'all are, are still at home? You're still living with your parents, right? I assume it's a youth service, a lot of y'all, but freedom is coming, right? Freedom is coming. Um, I, um, freedom began for me, the liberation from my home. Uh, I suppose I'm not saying that my, my parents kept me in bondage, don't mistake with uh, it really started, um, you, typically, you, you, the process of, of moving out involves, involves um, meeting a mate, right? And then maybe, I, I know it's all different, it's different for all of us, but this is how it worked for me. And so, I was, um, I suppose, I was 13 years old, and I met this woman. At this time, it was a girl, it wasn't a woman. That would be weird, or would it? Um, and... Um, and I knew at a, at a young age, at 13, and I'm not promoting dating at 13, that you shouldn't do that. That's like not godly. But I talked to her on the phone. I talked to her on the phone a lot. Actually, for hours, we talked on the phone. And we did a lot of this, too. Just, just on the phone. Anybody else? I know you guys probably don't talk on the phone anymore. You just text, right? Um, we talked on the phone. We didn't have, like, the ability to text, so we talked on the phone. The phone that you had to take the wire and get into another room and close the door, right, and hold the, the phone up to the door because you were... And sometimes you had a wireless phone. I didn't have a wireless phone. My mother didn't trust me to have a wireless phone. When I say wireless, I'm talking about you could go... It was like... Cordless. It was a wireless, a cordless phone, uh, you could go a certain distance, you know. It's like a radio control car, you know, before you go. Yeah. And so we would talk, and then, like, it didn't work out. She wouldn't talk to me at school. And, uh, and I got really upset and jealous. And I wouldn't talk to her, really, because I was afraid to. I didn't know what to say. Um, it was a lot like our phone conversations, I suppose. And it was really <laughs> awkward, very awkward. I remember one one. Uh, one morning before school, sitting on the countertop at uh, Germantown Christian School in the gymnasium like this, and she was right there, and I was right here. I'm like, I hope she talks to me. I hope she says something. If she doesn't say something, I might break up with her. Well, Christmas is coming. I'll wait till I get the, the Tommy Hilfiger watch. Um, and I already purchased her Gap Blue, and so I guess we'll just do that. And then we broke up after Christmas, but I got the watch. Gang, gang. <clears throat> Do you still have the bottle of Gap Blue? No, you didn't like it. Okay, it's perfect. And so I knew, though, like, we, I knew, right? I knew, like, at a young age that I was going to marry her. And we didn't get, we didn't, like, really talk uh, for several more years. 
uh, I guess three, four years later when we were seniors. And, um, and I saw her, I can remember seeing her at a car wash, school car wash, ordained by the Lord. And she had this pink, this pink t-shirt on and this jean uh, skirt with um, a split that was like, um, had a different color fabric. It was like a light jean and then a darker jean in the middle, but it wasn't like a homemade one. It was one that you had purchased. Um, and I, this is very lucid, as you can tell. And it was like, it was like before I knew I was going to marry her, but in that moment it was like, I think I might love her. Wow. There was just that knowing, right? Like that knowing. Like this is definitely the one. And so we begin to pursue one another. We begin to get to know each other, right? This is the process, right? This is usually what you do. You got to meet somebody first. Then through the course of time, you begin to fall in love. You get to know them, right? And then one day, you marry them. Hopefully, that's the aim. And then you move in together in that order. And if the, Lord, if the Lord should have it, you're fruitful, and you produce seed, and you multiply. Praise God. That's holy. Some of y'all are like, I was getting weird. <clears throat> um, in that order, right? And so sometimes we reverse it. Don't do that. Don't do, you'll mess everything up, okay? You mess everything up if you get it out of order. And so you first got to got to meet the thing. And so we're talking tonight about, about how to be free. And so step one, you've got to meet the person of freedom. Did you hear me? You've got to meet the person of freedom. Right. Some of you have lived your lives not knowing that freedom could be yours. Not knowing that you were created to live in joy. To live with peace and not anxiety. To live whole. To live healed and not wounded. To live as a victor and not the victim. Do you hear me? Some of you need to be introduced tonight to the person of freedom. Amen. Amen. And some of you have long known him. You've known what it's meant to be free. You know what it's meant to come to an altar and be introduced for the first time to the person of freedom. And you can testify to the weight that lifts off of your shoulders when you, when you leave that interaction, that intimate place of meeting with, with, with Jesus Christ, the person of freedom. When truth begins to settle in your heart, you've met him. But I would ask you, do you know him? Or did the process of freedom in your life stop with the introduction? Some of you, some of us, we've been doing this Christian thing for a minute. And we talk about freedom a lot. <clears throat> and it's, it's something we talk about because it's something we struggle with. And, and I would submit to you, we struggle with it because freedom to us is an event instead of a lifestyle. 
And freedom to us is, is a moment in an altar instead of a person that, has, that is trying to move in with us. Do you hear me tonight? And so step one, if I'm going to, if I'm going to know freedom, I've got to be introduced to freedom. I've got to hear him. I've got to hear what he says to me. I've got to hear what he says about me. Do you know that the Bible says that the seed is the word? And do you know that the word is the person of God himself? He is the word that became flesh. It's not enough for me to be introduced to the word I've got to know the word and the Bible says if I know the word the word the, the, then, then the truth knowing the truth shall make me free I can't stop at a simple introduction I've got to get to know him and I don't get to know him through my songs, though that might help. I don't get to know him through an occasional youth service, although that may help. I get to know him through the word of God. I get to know him through this book. This is where I define who I am. Not from a song, not from a worship leader, not from a YouTube pastor, not from a celebrity preacher, but from his word. The word of God. We've met him, but do you know him? And it's a process of getting to know him and learning who he is. This isn't easy to read. I understand that. It wasn't easy to talk to her for a long time. But I wanted to know her. So I found things to say to her. Some of you are type A's and it's easy for you. Right? Like you're a type A. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not a type A. I come off as a type A. I promise you I'm not. I'm introverted as I come. And so I tried to find things to talk to her about. And it was a process of working, right? Getting to know her. Asking her questions, right? Writing her letters. She kept them all, and then they burned up in the house fire. I kept them all, too, but then my mom, like, gave all my stuff away to all of my nephews. I don't know why she would give my letters to my wife away. It was really weird, but we had a secret code at, at school. We had, everybody had symbols. Everybody had symbols, and the way we would pass notes is we would, instead of writing the name, should somebody intercept the letter, we would use our symbols, it's very complex. Uh, we were students of, of uh, George Washington and his ring of spies. And uh, so let them know, let them know we're, you know, we're in the middle of the word right now. It's important. Just let, oh, it's out there. Okay. Well, you ready for an evacuation? <clears throat> and so first I've got to, first... Jesus help us. See, the devil doesn't want you to want you to get interrupted. So first I gotta meet freedom, but then at some point I need to fall in love with him, right? I gotta fall in love with the person of freedom. And when I fall in love with the person of freedom, then it's really hard. It's really hard to hold me back, right? When you fall in love with someone, I don't care if you're not supposed to date them or if you are supposed to date them, nobody's going to stop you. Yeah. That's why you gotta be careful who you spend your time with. Because if you fall in love with the wrong person, you've just committed yourself to a life of 
potential heartache, right? It's really hard. And then to separate is so painful. It's so painful. Falling in love is, is, is when, you, when you open up your heart like that and you begin to trust somebody and, and let somebody in like that, it's a very painful process of stepping away. And, and, and so you have to be sure that the person you're pursuing is pursuing the same thing you're pursuing. And, and so you fall in love with the person of freedom, right? And, and, and then, you, then you, you, marry, you marry the person of freedom. So we're really good. We're really good at loving Jesus and singing songs to him. We're really good at coming in here and celebrating and experiencing moments of freedom, right? But I would submit to you that the reason why you cannot walk in freedom is because you haven't moved in with freedom. You haven't married freedom. You simply met him. Maybe you love God, but do you love the word of God? Why does that matter? Isn't it the same thing? Well, I'll, I'll show you. I'll demonstrate for you. A lot of us would say that we love God, but our lives are contrary to his word. And I'm not saying that you don't love God, and I'm not saying that, that you're not a Christian. But I would say, emphatically, you're not a disciple. Did you hear me? I would say that you're not a disciple. You've met him. Maybe you've surrendered your heart to him. You're a convert. And maybe you'll go to heaven, but you're not a disciple. Why do I want to be a disciple? What's in it for me? Why should I commit myself to imitating the person of God, right? We understand. We've been on this for a minute in, the, in this room. And so what is a disciple? How do we explain? What's, what's the definition of a disciple? If you don't know, if you don't know, we're going to say the next, I, I promise, the next two months I'm going to be preaching on discipleship. And so somebody better tell me, what does it mean to be a disciple? A learner. Thank you. Was that Blake? Dang. All right, so Blake in the house coming in, he just saved you from two months. <laughs> and so it means to be a learner, right? An apprentice means to come alongside and to learn until you can do the work of the one that you are shadowing, right? And so to be a disciple is to go, we said, from, 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 uh, from immature, from a baby in the Lord to a place of maturity in the Lord, and then ultimately to make disciples ourselves, that's the process of discipleship. And so we in this room struggle with freedom because we struggle with the word. We struggle with allowing freedom to move in with us. Do you hear me? We struggle with love, not with loving the Lord, not with loving the quiet times and the intimate moments on the phone, right? And the sweet texts, right, that we send and the sweet conversations and sometimes the perfume on the letter. Do you guys do the letters? You don't do the letters. I had perfume on my letters, the ones that I received. That was hot, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you. And so, and, so, and so that makes our heart go woo, right? And um, what's the, I can't remember what it was. This is something I learned as uh, something that all the, uh, the Visco girls say, but I can't remember. <laughs> And so, 
And so I've got to come to a place of not just meeting freedom, not just meeting the person of Jesus, but I've got to be willing to fall in love with him. And to fall in love with him is also to, to, to be willing to marry him, to commit to his word, right? To move in with him. Do you understand that the Lord is not satisfied with just knowing you via text, just knowing you via a service like this, but he wants to move in with you? Do you know that? That he wants to be with you when you lay down uh, on your pillow at night? He wants to be with you when you rise in the morning? Do you know that the Lord wants to ride with you to the place of work, to your school? He wants to be with you when you're sitting in your seat. He wants to marry you. He wants to do life with you. But we're over here figuring out why can't I walk in freedom? Because you don't know him. Those who know the truth, that's not a mental knowledge. That's an intimate knowledge. That's a knowing. It's the same word that, Mary, that, that the angel uh, uh, used to speak to Mary. And she said, how shall this be that I know no man? Which means to be intimate. I've never been intimate with a man. Do you know him? Not a, a cognitive recognition and a sense of who he is. Oh, but is he your all in all? Do you know him? Have you allowed him to move in the inner recesses of your heart? Do you, do you contemplate on him, on who he is, on his word? David says, I delight myself in your law, and in your law doth I meditate day and night. I just think of you all day long. I just whisper your name all day long. I can't get over you. As a deer longs for the water brook and becomes thirsty, I'm thirsty for you. Yeah. Oh, we get thirsty in moments like this, I understand. But I'm talking about on Mondays when it's hard to get up. Mm. Are you thirsty? Come on. I'm talking about when everybody's rolling out to the club. When everybody else is pulling out the jewel. When everybody else is going with the flow of culture. When everybody else wants to call into question. The lifestyle of a Christian and his word. When everybody else is going to the event, the club, the scene that you know, the Holy Spirit's already checked you. Do you yearn for him then? No, I'll just, I think I'll probably just always struggle. Aren't we always supposed to struggle? Am, am I supposed to, aren't I always supposed to struggle with lust? Like, isn't that a thing that I'm supposed to always struggle with? Not for a disciple. Because I'm growing. I'm growing in his word. And his word says, I shall know the truth. And his truth is going to make me free. And that knowing, friend, is not a one-night stand. It's moving in. It's a marriage. It says in verse, it says in, in verse 31, if you continue in my word, there's a dependent factor there. If I continue, if I continue in his word, not a moment in his word. Do you hear me? Continue in his word. Continue in his word. It doesn't say in his presence. 
think about that. If I continue in his word, how can I be free? Continue in his word. I know this is different than what you've heard, and that's why you're quiet. This is how you can be free. This isn't me making this up. I'm reading to you. I'm reading to you the words of Jesus himself. Continue in his word. You've depended on a message from a preacher. You've depended on a song from a singer. You've depended on other people to pray for you. You've depended on words of knowledge, words of prophecy. But there's one thing that is incorruptible, and that is the seed of his word. Did you hear me? He says he watches his word to perform it. Not your prayers, not your praise. He watches his word, and he waits to perform it. You've got to be willing to accept his word, to plant, allow his word to be planted, and keep waiting and keep working day and night, day and night. I rise and I, and I toil and I work and I go to bed and I rise early and I work late. Why? Because I'm protecting his seed. His word has come to me and I know his word is going to perform. It will not return void. It'll work every time. And if it's not working out in my life, it's because I gave up on his word. If you're not walking in freedom, you gave up on his word. His word works. His word is true. Let every man be a liar. But my word be true. If you're not walking in freedom, it's not a word word problem. It's not a seed problem. It's a you problem. Did you hear me? You walked away from the word. You dug up the seed of his word. You failed to weed the garden. His word works. That sounds really good, but I don't know if I even want, I don't want the word. That's our problem. We don't want the word. And so, but I promise you, if you'll commit yourself to discipleship, to following after Jesus, if you'll commit yourself to pursuing him, to knowing him, do you know what he does? He begins to transform you into his image and into his likeness. Can I tell you that the last thing I ever wanted to do was stand behind my microphone and call myself a preacher. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. And in fact, when, when people would ask me to speak when I was a teenager, I told them no because I was afraid. I was afraid. I told them no. I, they invited me to just do a simple devotion in a classroom, in a Sunday school class. No. I was afraid. I was afraid. The word wasn't in my heart. <laughs> and it was too early for me anyway. And so I began, to, I began to learn to love the Lord and to grow in the Lord. And do you know what the Lord began to do? He began to change my desires. Isn't that beautiful? I was talking to a young man just two weeks ago who said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that the Lord is going to call to me to X, Y, and Z. I don't want to do that. I'm like, you have a twisted perception of God and his purpose in your life. Don't you know that he wants to do for you far above you could ask, think, or even imagine? Where did you get the perception that he's going to call you to something you hate? Oh, he's going to set your heart aflame. Do you hear me? He's going to set your heart aflame for the purpose that he's planted in your life, and you're not going to be able to sit. You're not going to be happy. You won't be content any place but in the middle of his will. Why? Because he changes your desires. I just like, I really, wait a minute, Brad, like, oh, I really like to get high. And I don't know if you know, but Ohio's passed these laws, and so it's like basically legal now. So uh, um, 
What's the word say about that? About getting high. Well, the Bible says to not be drunk, right, with wine where it is excess, which means don't allow your members to be influenced, under the influence of another substance, right? But instead, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And so for me, I'm going to yield myself to the Spirit of God. And what's going to happen is this. The Lord's going to begin to change. You know, I used to, do you, listen, when I, when I, um, before I, I, I surrendered my heart, before I met the person of freedom, you know what I spent my Friday nights doing? What most people do in the world, clubbing. I was out all night, Friday night, all night. And something's worse than clubbing. And, and that's what I love to do. But do you know that when I met the person of freedom, do you know that my desires began to change? Right. And instead, get this, instead of going to the club on Friday, now this is drastic, and this doesn't mean this is going to be you, but for me, I was in a church for five consecutive years on a Friday night praying in an all-night prayer meeting for five years instead of in the club. Why? Oh, I hate going, oh my gosh, Jesus has called me to prayer and I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's Friday night. Do you think I would be here right now if I didn't like this? If I didn't love this? If this didn't cause my world to come alive? Do you think I would be here? I live for this. I love this. And I love his presence. And I love his word. For five years, I was in a, in a church house praying or trying to pray sometimes sometimes eating White Castle. We were in the house of God, sometimes praying, sometimes not, trying to get into the presence of the Lord. Why? Because I wanted to, not because I had to, because I allowed the person of Jesus to move in with me. We married, like we made it, we, we made it for life, right? Amen. You want to know freedom? You want to know how to be free? Let him move in with you. Amen. Let him move in with you. I'm not asking you to do that if you, don't already, if you haven't already been introduced, right? Good. Some of y'all need to be introduced, and that's going to come in a few minutes. <clears throat> and so, but he doesn't leave you at the introduction. He never called you to become, and he never made, he never, the, we are obsessed with converts in the church. We are obsessed with converts, and all we talk about is how many people got saved, right? Uh, we had this many, this many salvations, this many dedications. How many disciples? A disciple longs to make disciples. A convert longs for the crowd. A disciple longs to make disciples. Do you know that the Lord wants you to be a discipler? Look, look at this. I read this. I read this. I was just sharing this with Jessica. If every Christian would commit to discipling two people, so if you, can get, if, you can, if you can introduce two people to the person of freedom, okay, and then stop ministry altogether and just focus on those two people and turn them into disciples, not converts, disciples. And six months later, release them to do the same thing, and you go find two more. If we would do that, the math says in 12 years, in 12 years, 5 billion people. 5 billion people in 12 years. But we are obsessed with the crowd. And he's calling us to make disciples. Nowhere does he get so, nowhere will you find in, the, in our Bible does he say, go and make converts. Over 200 times he says, go and make disciples. And only two times do you see the word Christian, but over 200 disciples. 
not converts, not people who've just merely been introduced to Jesus, but people who are trying to imitate him, people who are leaning on his word to be a lamp and to be a light, not on culture, not on a preacher, not on a song, but on his word to be a lamp and to be a light. Lord, mold me and shake me into your image and into your likeness. Make me, make me a disciple. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. God, grow us up. Mature us, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. We love you, but oh, God, may we love your word. Love your word, Jesus. Hallelujah. He said in verse 26 of Mark, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And I would just, just stop there. The, the first motive is everything. Motivation, the word motivation, we use that incorrectly and we, 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 we talk about that like inspiration. But the word motivation actually means, means motive. Right? To find motive. And that is everything, is your motive. And here we see that, that, that the seed is deposited into the soil. And we know, based on all the parables that he's been speaking of, that we are the soil. And his word is the seed. Yes? yes. His word is the seed. And it's important for you to know that you are somebody, that you have reason, that you've been that potential and the word of God has been planted in your life and in your heart, that you're not an accident, that you're not a mistake, that you're not a happenstance, but there is a specific niche and design that God has carved out from the foundation of the world for you. Do you hear me? And so... And so it's important to note that you are a recipient of the seed. Amen. And the Bible says that the seed will spring up. 27, it says, and he should sleep and he should rise night and day, talking about being committed committed to, to, to the soil, committed to protecting the seed, and the seed should spring up and grow up. And you know if not how. You need to understand that, that the seed is going to spring up. And when it springs up, it's not going to look like a lot. And you need to trust the process of the seed. Do you hear me? You need to trust the process of the seed. The power of the seed is within itself. The Bible says that everything reproduces after its own kind. You can read it in Genesis chapter 2. And, 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 and so everything is, everything's power is within itself. And this is the law of the seed. It's the law of the harvest. It, whatever man sows, that also shall he reap. The power's in the seed. That's liberating to know that the power's not in you and it's not in me. Did you hear me? The power's not in you and it's not in me. The power is in the seed. And so I have to depend on, all I have to do is receive the seed and trust the seed will do its work. Do you hear me? 
Are you with me? I got four and a half minutes to close this down. Listen, I have to be willing to trust that even when it seems like the seed's not going to produce, even when it looks like everything's contrary in my life, that his word is true and that his seed is going to bring a harvest for me because he's not a liar. His, his, his seed will not return void, but I have to be willing to trust the process, and I've got to resist the temptation to go and to, to rip up the seed. I've got, to be, I've got to resist the temptation to go and ignore and go off and, and plant into another field. Listen, the, 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 the farmers in our area are getting ready for harvest. Do you know why? Because they planted seed, and they didn't sit around th- trying to figure out the science behind the seed. They just know if they got the seed and planted the seed, give it time and harvest is going to come. And because those farmers were committed to the seed and the power of the seed, they're going to reap a harvest. They didn't run off somewhere else to some other field to try to find some other seed. They understood that the seed they planted was going to return a yield for them. Understand that if you allow the harvest seed to to take root in your life, you will reap a harvest harvest, you will reap a heart, a kingdom harvest. So kingdom seed produces kingdom harvest. The fruit of a disciple is being committed to the kingdom seed. Amen. 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 Kingdom seed produces a kingdom harvest. A carnal seed will produce a carnal harvest. The seed of the world will produce the fruit of the world, which its end is death and destruction. But the seed of the kingdom, do you understand that you are carrying the seed of the kingdom within you this very moment? And it may not feel like it. And it doesn't look like much when it's covered up and when it's buried. But if you'll trust the word of God. And maybe you've not received. Maybe you've not received a word of God for your situation. That's why you got to get into this book. want to unlock the kingdom in your life you've got to open up the kingdom seed how do I commit myself to the word how do I commit myself come into the room tonight and and, and you're overwhelmed with fear and overwhelmed with anxiety get a word and commit yourself to the word write the word quote the word repeat the word Day in and day out, when you rise and when you fall, when when you when you lay your head, commit yourself to the word, and his word will produce for you. Praise God. How do I start? You know, this is what's, what's incredible about, about this is the Bible says it's quick and it's active. It's a living word. Don't fret over where to start. I would encourage you if, you've not, if you're not started, if you haven't started uh, a, a regular uh, Bible reading routine in your life. And I know this is falling on some deaf ears tonight. That's fine. You'll stay a convert. You'll stay a convert. 
but the Lord is trying to raise up some disciples in this place. Amen. And so receive this. Start in John. Start reading John and his gospel. Just because it's an intimate gospel and it goes into greater detail than the others. And, and, and it's a good place to start. And I promise you, the Lord is going to begin to deposit the word into your heart. He's going to begin to deposit the word in your heart. And if you do it right, you know what? It's going to be intimate. It's going to be intimate. Will there be times where you just have to go through the motions and, 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 and just kind of check off the list? Yeah, sure, there'll be times. There are times when I don't feel like going in the work, but I still go in. I still go in. I still do my best. There are times when I have to go through the motions, but I know because where my heart is and where my passion is, I know that, that my emotions will catch up soon enough. And sometimes my action has to go first and my attitude follows. And if you'll posture yourself right. in a place of adoration for his word and begin to consume his word, the Lord is going to begin to grow you. If you'll commit yourself to allowing freedom to move in with you, to move in with you. Let me just share this and we're closing. says and the seed should spring and grow up at the risk of uh, offending you that word that word seed is translated as spora. Which is where we get the word <clears throat> It's another way of saying we got married and then after a lot of prayer <clears throat> and a few years the Lord gave us Jude which means praise <laughs> but you know that that didn't happen by me just talking to her on the phone it didn't happen by her putting perfume on letters and notes it happened place of intimacy and it wasn't the first time either years some of you are like oh is he serious what is he talking about it's the language of the word how to be free get into it with his word allow his DNA
come alive in your heart and in your life. It only comes from a place of intimacy. Moving in with Jesus. Taking freedom home with you. I don't want to experience freedom around an altar. I want freedom to go home with me. I don't want to wake up with freedom. I want to go to school with freedom. And if I can wake up with freedom and I go, can go to school with freedom, and the composition of my spirit man begins to change and take on the DNA of God, do you know what I become? I become someone who can release the DNA of God, and I can release freedom. I can become a discipler who releases freedom and wholeness and joy. Amen. Bow your heads across this place. Thanks for checking out the Haven Youth Church podcast. If this message encouraged you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and even consider sharing this podcast. Reach out to us on social media at Haven Youth Church. Break the flow, be the change.